Um, I'm not going to read out of the word that I had, but I want everybody to raise your hand. Go ahead, raise your hand. It's like this. I will read Malachi. In Jesus' name. All right. Um, no, I believe our, our... Bro, I'm telling you, like, it totally has everything that's been going on here today within it. Isn't it awesome? Okay, so uh, our, our pastor has a, a word from the Lord, and I just really want to hear it today, so. Oh, that's, it's just too much fun to uh, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Malachi chapter 1 is where I was going to kick off. I had no idea he was going to say that. Go to Malachi <laughs> chapter 1. Um, go to Matthew and take a left if you want to find it quick right there. Malachi 1. I confess early that I'm going to go past noon today, but I'm going to try to get this word out of my heart. Uh, I had it in there last week. It's been in my heart burning, so do me a favor and let me get it out so don't have to carry it this week and have it burning some more. Malachi chapter 1. Yeah, Lord, we will. We will listen to your word, Lord. I, I pray you'd bless these saints as they read uh, this, these chapters this week. Lord, I pray even now just uh, anoint these words, God. I pray divide soul and spirit. I pray in these few minutes that we have, Father, that you would um, unveil your will and purposes for us in this hour, God. We don't need another sermon, Lord, but we do need your word in season, Lord. We live by every word that comes forth from your mouth, Lord. So feed us this morning, I pray richly, in Jesus' name. Malachi chapter 1. This is the last prophetic voice for 400 years. Um, this is the, the Lord saying, look, you have disobeyed, you've got a corrupt priesthood, you've got marriage to idolaters, you've got abuse and and, and dividing, and you've got a failure to pay tithes, but I love you. I love you so much. It's these two words mixed together in Malachi. Haggai and Zechariah reproved Israel for delaying building the temple. They helped bring it to completion. Eighty years later, here shows up Malachi, the contemporary of Nehemiah, and he came to assure the people of the Lord's love. It's about to be silent for a lot of years he came to assure them of the Lord's love and to challenge their neglect and their disobedience of his word. And it starts off in verse 6. The Lord's prophesying through Malachi. It says, a son honors his father and a slave or a servant his master. If I am a father, then where is the honor due to me? And if I am the boss, if I'm the master, then where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty. Love from a son to a father, respect from a servant to his master, a son and a servant. The Lord is both a father and he is a master. He deserves our love and he deserves our respect. And so the question that's in my heart for us in this hour as the people of God is where is the honor and respect for the word of the Lord in each one of our hearts? What level of honor and respect do you give the word of the Lord in your life? I've been studying through uh, Jeremiah 
the, the weeping prophet. In, in, in chapter 6, it says, To God's people, Jeremiah says, To God's people, my word has become offensive to them. I've never lived in a season in my short life, many of you know what I'm talking about, where the word of the Lord is actually offensive to the people of God. We're not talking about non-believers. We're talking about his chosen people. The very word of the Lord is offending them because of where culture is going. Jeremiah chapter 8 says, Since my people have rejected the wisdom of my word, the word of the Lord, then what type of wisdom are they left with? Listen, if we as a people reject the wisdom of God's word, we're embracing another wisdom. What kind of wisdom is it? Well, James 3 tells us it's worldly wisdom. It's, it's sensual. It's demonic. It's coming not from heaven, but from this world. There are two types of wisdom. We must embrace the word of the Lord in simplicity like a child in this hour. Otherwise, we're embracing a different type of wisdom. So I mentioned James. So go to James with me in chapter, chapter 1, if you would. Chapter 1, go to verse 19. There's seven openings in our head. I heard Derek Prince say one time, most of the Bible is about one opening. Most of the warnings come about one opening. But today I want to talk about the two openings that we have on the side of our head. Listening, hearing, and what it means to respond. Two ears, one mouth. Hearing. James 1 Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word or receive with meekness the implanted word which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and takes it in or takes time or continues in it and examines himself, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they, that person, will be blessed in what they do. The inability to read or comprehend or to accept a word is the result of maintaining or keeping or not getting rid of moral filth and evil that's so prevalent in our culture. Have you ever used the phrase like I have, it just bounced off the surface of the water? It didn't stick in one ear, out the other ear. Well, that is a result of our heart being too full. As the cup is completely full, you can't put anything in it. Well, when we hold on to moral filth and evil that this world offers, it makes our hearts unable to grasp and hold on to the word that's been implanted in us. It takes meekness and humility to receive that word, it says. And so it says, number one, number one, get rid of, put aside, cast off, lay down moral filth. 
that which defiles you or dishonors you or makes you feel dirty morally. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And humbly accept, receive with meekness the implanted word. The word there means to grant access to a visitor. To open the door of your heart. Now, this was implanted like the, the, the people here of God had the word planted in them for generations. It was already there. And the people of God here, you've heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. The seed has been sown. Your job is to accept it. To say yes to the word that's inside of you already. Do not deny a friendship. Hospitality to the word of the Lord. Embrace It's able to save you. The word there is sozo, wholeness of salvation, to make whole, to restore to health, to save, and to rescue. This is number one. Get rid of that which is cluttering our hearts. We confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we might be healed. I did this with my wife the other morning. Just had some junk in my heart, had to get it out, and she prayed for me. Ah, I can see again. I can hear again. I can focus again. I can read the word again. This is regular life. The reason we have toilets in our house is because it happens, right? It's regular. It's got to be flushed. You got you to get it out. You got to get it out. It's not normal to bottle it up. And how we do that is through relationships. We have prayers from our brothers and sisters that heal us. But it's got to come out first. This is all number one, cleaning house. Number two comes in verse 23 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You've heard the word has been planted. Now it's time to obey. Now it's time to take the step of faith. Merely listening week after week, month after month, year after year, and not doing produces a life of deception. We live deceived lives and existences thinking that we're actually in the Lord's will when we're not. And we think this is normal Christianity when it's not, if we do not obey the word that he's spoken for us to do. And it results in a lack of blessing. Those who do it, they will be blessed in all they do. Meaning, those who do not do the word of the Lord, will not be blessed. There is a promised blessing for those who obey the Lord. Paul says it this way in Romans 2. It is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it's those who obey the law who will be declared righteous or justified. Now, as Westerners, we tend to stress mental activity. We tend to associate the required actions that the scripture demands with dead works a lot of times, especially in the Bible Belt. Oh, I don't want to be legalistic. Eastern thinking has no real word for obey. Sama or shama means to listen, hear, do, give heed, to consent, to act. Meaning the very act of you hearing means you do it. Meaning if you didn't do it, you didn't obey. Does anyone have children? Did you hear what I said to you? Obviously you didn't because you didn't right, do what I asked you to do. And so the Hebrews understood if you heard, you obeyed. They were one and the same. Westerners were like, the sound waves traveled into my ear and I made sense of them in my brain. So I heard. That's not the way the Bible teaches about hearing. 
Shama, to consent to, to act. Hebrew stresses physical action. Shama, hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6.4, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The result of you hearing is you doing. They understood that the seeds of the word, listen, the seeds of the word planted in them meant nothing unless they resulted in the fruit of their actions in a transformed life. It really means nothing to know a lot of Bible if you don't do anything with that. The smallest deed is greater than the greatest good intention. Pharisees knew more Bible than anyone. But the prostitute who responded in obedience, the tax collector who responded a little bit of obedience, they were declared righteous. So we forget what we've heard if we don't do it. We're not blessed. But great blessing comes from our obedience. And there's no shortcuts to this. Mary, many had, a, had this desire, and they have an envy, and they have, they have a longing for the happiness that has resulted in a life like Mary. Jesus' mother. Many wanted what she had. They desired the happiness. And, and Luke kind of plays this out for us. If you go to Luke chapter 11, take a left. Put, put your finger in, in Luke chapter 11 and then Luke chapter 1. I want to I bounce back and forth between these just for a moment here. Put a finger in Luke 1 and, and Luke chapter 11. This is a great example of what I'm talking about here. So Jesus is teaching along. He's teaching some pretty heavy sayings, talking about impure spirits. He's talking about demonic warfare, all this kind of stuff. And he gets to verse 27. As Jesus was saying these things, in my opinion, a woman trying to break the awkwardness with this phrase and this nicism, this thing that, that just kind of breaks the tension. She says, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. She desired Mary's happiness. I am so impressed with this teacher. I wish I was his mom. Wouldn't it be great if I could be Mary? And Jesus says, no. On the contrary, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, I said leave your finger in Luke chapter 1. Flip back to Flip back to chapter 1 and look at verse 48. This is what Mary says. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servants. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Was the woman who shouted out that Mary was blessed right? Yes, she was. It was absolutely true. But it was a secondary blessing. It was not the primary blessing. And then you have this call for Jesus. Jesus says, the direct, deliberate, obedient taking up of the word of God is what is required. He says, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Look back at Luke chapter 1 with me. Look what Mary said. This is what she did in verse 38 of chapter 1. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. 
Let it be unto me according to your word. Jesus says, blessed are those who hear the word of the Lord like Mary did, and they take it up and they obey it. Was Mary blessed for obeying it? Absolutely she was blessed. Secondarily, the blessing. But the primary blessing was for her because she said yes. Because Jesus cannot be our Savior unless he's our Lord. The point of, look at chapter 6 with me real quick. Luke chapter 6. 46, Luke 6, 46, read with me. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Think about Micah, Malachi chapter one. If I'm a father, where's my honor? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building his house who dug down deep and laid his foundation on a rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, is like a man who built a house on the ground or on the sand without foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Now, question, was the wise man who built his house on the rock blessed and happy that his house did not fall when the storm came? Yes or no? Absolutely he was. And I would dare say, was the foolish man envious of the wise man looking at his house in ruins and says, I wish I could be that guy. Probably he was. But Jesus says, that's not the point. The point isn't that you have a house that's standing after the storm. The primary blessing is those who hear and respond to the word of the Lord. Anyone, how do we do this? By anyone who puts my words into practice. They're, the, they're like that man who built his house on a rock. So we are after primary and not secondary blessings. We want, we want the Lord to be magnified in our lives completely. We want to see fruitfulness. But the primary call is to say yes to the Lord's word no matter what it costs. Here's the hurdle for me. And for all of us, getting close here, stay with me. The hurdle is this. It's not sin, it's not Satan, and it's not the world. The main hurdle is self. That's a primary difficulty we have. Because obedience to God's word requires denial of ourselves. It requires us to say, No to our word often. Obedience costs us, just like it did Mary. A sword will pierce your own soul also, Mary. And the thoughts and the intentions and the attitudes of many hearts are going to be revealed. I don't want you to miss this, so write this down. Digging is hard. Not digging is easy. Now you make it, maybe you can remember that. It's hard to dig down for a foundation. It's way faster, we all know that, just to lay it out quick. It takes blood, sweat, tears, and sacrifice to dig down to lay your foundation on the rock. You have to beat your body into submission oftentimes and deny yourself. No digging means you lay a foundation, yes, but you lay it on sand. In the short term, it's easy. 
In the long term, it's not. We all know that. But here's a beautiful promise for us. John 5 says that loving God equals keeping his commands. And it says, but his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Because to obey the voice of the Lord requires a life of faith and not sight. In fact, obeying the voice of the Lord is the very essence of his nature in us, Christ's nature in us coming forth. Oswald Chambers says it this way, the work of obedience is the evidence that the nature of God is in me. Because when God says, go, I go. When he says, trust, I trust. When he says, come, I come. I respond, Christ in me is actually responding to his word. That's why it says his commands are not burdensome. It doesn't say they're easy, but it says they're not burdensome because I'm not leaning on my own power. I'm leaning on his power within me. My job is to shama, to hear and obey the voice of the Lord primarily. Primary job. What is the Lord saying? And I respond to it. I did imperfectly at that yesterday or today. I repent. I ask for forgiveness. And the righteous man falls. And he gets back up and I pursue his voice again. I want to respond to his voice. I want the, I want the foundation to be on the rock and bear much fruit. Lizzie and I are struck right now in this season by the essence of the gospel and the essence of responding to the simple command of the Lord. It's just gripping our hearts right now in in, in this season. If God said it, he meant it. And so it's really important that we don't water down what Jesus says. We want to highly exalt his word and lowly exalt the wisdom of this world. Like, fornication is okay as long as you're in process. Like, disciplining your children in a biblical way is okay as long as you don't do everything the Bible says and adopt some of the wisdom of the world. Like, taking in a secret sin and keeping it hidden and your hand causing you to sin over and over and over is okay. Just don't chop off that hand. Don't pluck out that eye. And I'm just telling you, we feel sober about this ourselves. This is not like y'all people. This is us. What are we doing with the word of the Lord in season? Because if I'm trading the word of the Lord and disregarding it, I've got the wisdom of the world. It's demonic. It's unspiritual. It's worldly. And we don't want to do that. So I'm asking you to consider what is the Lord saying in season to you? And to take it deadly serious. Take it deadly serious. This is a season for thanksgiving for all that Christ has done for us. But don't forget, 
God doesn't forgive you because he's a forgiving God. Because he's in a good mood. The only reason God forgives us is because of the brutal death of his son on the cross. That's what it took to cleanse us from our sins. Let's not make sin a little thing. Let's make sin a big deal because it's a big deal to God. So we don't want to toy around with this. Okay, thank you guys for letting me get that out. It's 12.15. Bless you all. Let's stand up if you would together. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the fire, Lord, that you have given us in these pages of Scripture. And we want to respond, Lord. We want to be a people of your word. I pray, Father, that we would take your word to heart. Anything I said of the flesh, let it fall away. Anything of the spirit, let it remain, Lord. I'm asking, Father, for holiness in each one of our lives, Lord. That we would get rid of moral filth. That we might be able to hang on to your word planted within us, God. Let us not be deceived, Lord. Let us not be deceived, Lord. Let us walk in complete obedience. I don't want to pass up this opportunity. If you're struck by conviction this morning, if you need prayer for anything that we've talked about or said today, please come up and receive some prayer here. We've got some anointing oil to pray for those. If you feel sick, if you feel a response to this, I want to invite you to respond to the word of the Lord this morning. Bless you guys today. Blessings over your Thanksgiving this week. We will see you next week. Lord willing, in Jesus' name.